understand the pilot from the Aegis is a friend of yours. No. <laughs> I've won my bet. Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best Gundam Seed episode-by-episode podcast that hasn't recorded in one season of Game of Thrones. My name is Jeremy. That's a reference. To life. (laughs) To Lannisters. I'm Tyler. I have no knowledge whatsoever of Game of Thrones anything, but it does feel oddly like we've been missing for quite a while. My name is Zach. So it's a good thing that we're going to have a clip episode this week. It'll help remind us of what was going on in Gundam Seed Destiny. For you, dear listeners, this will hopefully be a completely uninterrupted stream of Gundam goodness. Also, are we the best Gundam Seed podcast? As far as I'm aware, we're the only Gundam Seed-specific podcast. So I ask, because if another one ever pops up, we'll have real competition. Yeah, we will. We can no longer make that claim. (laughs) We'll have to fight them. We can always make that claim we are skipping episode 14 of gundam seed within endless time because it was a clip episode that was omitted from the hd remake or sort of omitted anyway they kind of take 14 and 15 and combine them 15 is actually in some ways more of a clip episode clips i did rewatch within endless time though so that i would remember what happened in it and actually there was a lot of foreshadowing in it i don't remember a lot of stuff I thought the series kind of pulled out of its ass was actually foreshadowed there. It's all from Raoul Le Creuset's point of view. He sort of explains the backstory of coordinators. We get a little early war stuff. We get Athern's report on the Gundams at the conference to find out what happened to Orb. And it confirms a bunch of the stuff we've been speculating, like the Blitz can't phase and cloak at the same time. I kind of like that effect, though. That it can't? The uh, report. I mean, it's basically, here are all the cool features and why you should buy these as toys. Uh, Yes, but I still kind of liked the implementing of that to kind of go over the specialties of each suit in the clip episode. The thing is, I don't think it's a very good clip episode because we see almost nothing from Kira's point of view. So we don't see much of, like, what's happened in the series propaganda yeah it's all from zaf's point of view which is kind of cool but if you're like oh i want to catch up on this series this is not a good first episode to watch despite being a clip episode and that's kind of the point of clip episodes i think the only thing we see that's from the archangel is flay being racist (laughs) so yeah we are skipping that and going straight to episode 15 the respective solitudes there's a name like i said in the hd version it sort of combines these two there's a bit in the middle of episode 15 that's a better clip episode that shows Atherin and Kira fighting and angsting against one another. And that's and, really what we all watch this show for. And But that clip is cut out in the HD version to show all the new material from the old one. I watched this show to yell at Kira being stupid. I empathize with Kira so much. Kira, you make bad tactical decisions. It's like you're a teenager. <laughs> All right, anything else we want to say? It's been a while. I don't, I don't think I have anything in particular. All right, so let's go ahead and start the episode. As I said, it starts out with Raoul Le Crusade narration taken from episode 14. It's basically that sort of 
philosophy babble you get in anime about everyone believing they're good guys that when you're 15 seems super deep man and when you're 20 you realize it's kind of terrible and poorly translated <laughs> maybe Rao really just thinks that way he is kind of a weird guy that's true we get a bunch of scenes of kira's call to action and just uses clips from the early episodes to pad over Rao's speech, which, you know, is deep and stuff if you're like 14. And this is a show for nine-year-olds, so it's like the deepest. <laughs> Although, is deep really a good thing to try to target nine-year-olds with? Do they think thoughts? So here we get, I think, the first actual mention of Neutron Jammers, which are the series reason for why everyone doesn't just nuke each other. They're basically magic robots that stop nuclear fusion from taking place. In the original clip episode version, we get more about how this is basically a weapon of mass destruction against the Earth because it stops nuclear power plants from running, and so no food or power, which is bad. Yeah, considering at this point in human history, probably almost everything is nuclear-powered. Especially space colonies. Man, those could be nuclear-powered. Except for clearly, they're not as well as their massive battleship with all of its main cannons not being nuclear-powered. Well, how do you know the colonies aren't? Uh, because they would be jammed. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Well, maybe it is being jammed. You, you don't know. I don't. Maybe they were nuclear, they had to switch to battery power. That is true. But anyway, that's the explanation for why all the mobile suits are battery-powered and why the strike is always running out of energy. <laughs> Although, I it's guess... It's not uh, just plot convenience. I guess colonies could easily be solar-powered. True. That's probably also true. So then Rao starts uh, giving us some background on the setting, and he tells us about George Glenn, the most player character to have ever player charactered. <laughs> he was the best at everything, including Olympics and uh, American football and jets. Yeah, he was also an Air Force pilot. Also, he was an engineer. Also yeah, he a graduated chemist. college at 17. Can't possibly be a player character. There are rules to stop player characters from doing this kind of thing. <laughs> Clearly a GM's favorite NPC. He has a really low constitution. He just min-maxed. So he decided he built his own awesome spaceship and is like, I'm going to take this to Jupiter and do cool space things. And on his way out, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm the result of genetic engineering. Have fun with that revelation. He's like, also, here's a manual on how to genetic engineer babies. I'm sure when I come back, everything will be great. Yeah, I really this is don't- a perfect idea to tell people about when I'm on my way out. Actually, that way you people can all deal with the fallout from this crap. That's what he didn't take a high wisdom score. That's it. <laughs> Well, he'd also have to dump another one to get all the stats that he's got, man. Clearly, wisdom and constitution. No, he's a football player. Wisdom and charisma? Clearly, he's not the greatest at talking to people. Yeah, but his speech about how, hey, I'm the best, I feel like I'm here to coordinate you all, is pretty well done. That is true. Which is, by the way, where we get coordinators from. Yep. Because George Glenn called himself a coordinator between humans and whatever comes after humans. So anyway, he comes back from Jupiter with a sweet flying whale fossil. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, we should build giant research plants in space to be awesome. Is that why they're called plants? I That's my assumption. I believe like as the same as coordinators being a subtle drop, that's also why they're called plants. That they were originally for research, but then coordinators moved there. So we get a pretty large montage of coordinators being born and there being protests and racism. And everyone's like, man, you people being better at literally everything, that's not fair. So of course they get ostracized because that's how the human fish do. Yep. Except for if it's one guy named George Glenn, then they just think he's the best. Yeah, well, that's because they thought he was naturally awesome. Turns out he's unnaturally awesome. 
We also see like Rao playing with his mask in Zero Gravity, and it kind of teases like Rao's identity is going to be a big reveal, and like it can't show you. It does lots of camera tricks to hide his face. So it kind of teases that we should be trying to figure out who Rao is, I suppose. It's not as good as the shower scene, though. No. <laughs> and then we cut to George Glenn being an old man and getting shot by some jerk. No, George, you still have three new chemical compounds to discover. <laughs> they have the world's weirdest battle cry to the for blue, blue and pure world. Yeah, it's like um, when is blue and green is uh, I'm confused. <laughs> it's like you know, coordinators make things dirty. They need to clean it, make it blue and pure. A little genocide is fine as long as it takes us back a couple hundred years of technological progress. Yeah, as long as we kill those jerks who aren't like us. Clearly, Rao knows where the camera is. <laughs> <laughs> so, for my own edification, Zaft then launches a bunch of neutron jammers at Earth and kind of screws everything up for everyone. Yeah, and also make sure they don't get nuked again. Oh, uh, well, you know, details. I think there's some conversation later on in the episode about how if Zaft had just nuked the crap out of them, it would have been way worse. I'm sure, somehow. I mean, the Earth has a lot of resources. Zaft wants those too. Yeah. I like that line. Lacus is like, war is hard. <laughs> Thanks, Lacus. <laughs> but then Rao's like, yeah, that's what makes it interesting. So then we get the second opening scene already for Gundam Seed. Any thoughts on this? I think it's by far the worst opening song for the series. <laughs> it's really boring compared to the first one. And it's got two voices, too. It's kind of it's a pop duet about two people who are like, man, remember when we were in love? That was cool. I wish we could go back to that. Too bad we're like adults or something now. I don't remember it real well. Although, does that really play into the show's themes at all? It, like, it sounds like the sort of pop song Lacus would sing. That is true, although when has she ever had a love lost? And is going to say, we get some love triangles pretty hard coming up here. Kira is in like three of them. Well, I mean, clearly. He's a main character. Also, have you seen those pants? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, chicks dig emo dudes. And he's not even that emo. He just dresses like an emo. He certainly doesn't have Troa's old <laughs> no, friend no. carrying around, hiding his face. He's not a Gundam Wing character, or he would just be in love triangles with the guys. Although, to be fair, if Kira used less hair gel, he would have Troa hair. No, he wouldn't. No? Because it's all, like, spiky and stuff. Troa has the, like, dagger hair pointing out from his head. Yeah, but it, like, falls down across his face, because it always hides one yeah, eye. Yeah, because it's, like, six feet long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his hair has great reach, just like heavy arms. Also, animation-wise, it's probably the laziest. It uses the most footage from the first opening and from the series in general, although the HD version covers up some of that. Although it definitely still starts the, I guess, crescendo of the music with the exact same scene of the it, strike blocking. It's a good scene. Yeah, yeah it's a good it tool. Is. It is. The music is edited well to the sequence. <laughs> <laughs> space Maru <laughs> In the vacuum of space Your boobs won't stop bouncing <laughs> Hey look People that we haven't seen before Yeah well we get Flashes One shot in particular Of Kira hanging out with Kigali And Flay looking all jelly Right afterwards There's a scene of Kira and Lacus Because he's in all the love triangles <laughs> Was that another Maru yep. boob bounce? Yep it <laughs> yes. was Followed by Kira Staring up Lacus's skirt Like the strike is in the background <laughs> Uh, this this opening is not the best. They're real proud of that bounce, though. Yes, yes, they are. Well, they that, use it in just about every episode from now on. Well, the second one had nipples, so, I mean, clearly they've upgraded. Oh, the nipples were added on in the HD version. You gotta get the <laughs> HD version for nipples. <laughs> God damn it, Japan. 
Uh, it was gratuitous in the first place. Yes. That was just super gratuitous. Yep. I just paused it on a great shot. Is that a core fighter that I just saw there? It's a sexy core fighter. I just finished the model of that, actually. Skygrasper. Yeah, it's the core fighter, only, you know, it's in Gundam Seed, so... <laughs> so they can't call it the same It's way thing. sexier. Like, I keep wanting to call the Archangel the white base, and I know it's not the white base, but I can never remember the Archangel. The legged ship. We cut from the big space battle Kira was in an episode ago, or two, depending on your perspective, straight to the Archangel on the ground, and uh, Millie and Flay, like, all doting on him, because he's sweaty and stuff in a hospital bed. And presumably he went into shock after, like, entering the atmosphere and stuff. Yeah. Probably dehydrated. <laughs> yeah, probably also that. They do have him hooked up to an IV of what looks like either apple juice or pee. I can't tell. <laughs> Coordinators may have weird biology. <laughs> they... I don't think they're that weird of biology. <laughs> so then we get the flashback to him entering the Earth. Again, it's very much like the scene of Amuro entering the Earth in the Gundam uh, in the original series. And that's interspersed with Mu and Maru talking about the situation and how because they had to go after the strike while entering the atmosphere, they're in enemy territory, specifically an African desert. Yeah, they're like kind of where uh, modern day Libya is. Yeah, kind of like where Rambaral was in the original series. Yeah, that's actually a really good, good point. Then they basically go over, we got here because we had to go at a different angle. We just said that a few minutes ago, but we're going over it again. Show don't tell. Or, you know, tell and then show. It'll, it'll <laughs> get rid of the drama that way. Although we already knew that, yeah. although he might have destroyed the they're, strike in the process. They're not really um, saying, you know, he might not survive the process. Obviously, like you said, we already know that. It's just demonstrating of why exactly, not only are they together, why they aren't where they were trying to get to. Yeah, but they already told us that. And then they showed us the scene that they just described before showing it to us. It is it's a like cool they're doing scene. a PowerPoint they, presentation. The animation's not, it's really good. They even like melt the strike shield a bit. Yeah, it looks really cool. I just wish they had done that instead of flashing back to it. Yeah. And then we get to see Maru pulling her hair out, being super nervous, looking tired. Well, it's actually moves. really cute because she starts developing these nervous tics. <laughs> she's done that one other time in the show and it was right after she had an argument with Tarl. yes thank you I, I actually kind of to... like the effect those little things are one of the things that make characters yeah like Moo's affectations are drinking coffee <laughs> it's not oh, really... <laughs> we're about to get to the king of drinking coffee <laughs> and being sarcastic I, I was more trying to say that Moo doesn't have any affectations he's just enough of a character anyway the affectations that he's got is the fact that his uniform is always unbuttoned and his sleeves are always rolled up yeah, he's that is always true. casual <laughs> You know, fly casual. That's the one advice his flight instructor gave him, and he just took it for his entire life. <laughs> it works pretty well for him. I just I got mean. an image of Moose Mobius Zero doing the whole comedical fly casual where it's slowly slinking <laughs> around, walking like with his hand, hands in its pockets past, <laughs> past Le Creuset. Fly casual. <laughs> Time for some fancy like a loony, Like a Looney Tunes type. Yeah, no, I, I think I can imagine exactly what you're thinking. His legs extend a little bit further than normal while doing it. Yeah. So then we cut to the sick bay and all of Kira's friends. I feel like there should be a name for this group of characters. Kira's friends? The, the Kira Flays. kids. The Kira kids. <laughs> all those people in high school who got laid onto the ship. The bridge crew. Yeah. Well, but there's also pilot guy and the bridge guy miners. doesn't get a name. <laughs> okay. The bridge underagers. The bridge miners are talking to the doctor who's like, yeah, Kira has a fever because... You get infected when you go through re-entry, apparently, but it's fine. He's a coordinator. His immune system is the best. <laughs> One of the things that he says is, I can't diagnose his condition for certain. Well, let's let's look at what happened. He just stress, chronic stress, fatigue, fatigue <laughs> and he just re-entered the atmosphere. So it's either stress, fatigue, heat stroke, <laughs> heat stroke, and dehydration. All four of these are pretty solid. No, not to mention. And I think they're all treated pretty much the same way. <laughs> to be fair, he is recommending this treatment that I would recommend for all of them, which is 
bed rest and fluids. It was that line of, I can't diagnose his condition for certain. He's not that different. I think what we learned is he's a terrible doctor. Yeah. My favorite part of this, though, is he's basically like, yeah, he's a coordinator. He's great. He's way better than us regular humans. Like, and he's the only regular human who's like, coordinators are the best. Yeah. And Sai right after is like, oh, man, it's a good thing I'm not in a love triangle with that guy. <laughs> he would probably kick my ass. His insides are completely different from ours. Uh, he could probably be good at football and math. <laughs> he's got two hearts pumps blood more efficiently i never really understood the doctor who two hearts thing how does that help i don't don't ask me but anyway the entire time the doctor is explaining this to kira's friends flay is right next to him like you know doing sopping that. his forehead <laughs> yeah the, the things you do when your significant other is sick right you just have like a washcloth <laughs> and you just <laughs> at their forehead every like five minutes <laughs> apparently the temperature and the strike would have killed anybody else so then we cut out to space to Atherin and Nickel. Atherin is all, we get our Atherinxed. We need some of that. Like I said, in the original version, there's a nice flashback to all of Atherin's moments with Kira. That looks very romantic, and you could probably easily turn it into an uh, AMV with some nice romantic music behind it. But here we skip that, and we just see, have Nickel coming up to him and telling him, yeah, Diarka and Izak are fine. They landed in friendly territory, so it's cool. And Atherin's, can Izak ever fight again? And Nickel's like, eh, whatever. It's probably fine. I feel like Nickel and Atherin should be, like, really good friends because they're the only two not assholes on yeah. the ship. I mean, they're definitely together so the fangirls can ship them. <laughs> Just like Izak and Diarka. I mean, is is that not canon? Uh, well, no, it's not not canon. <laughs> Diarca shows interest in some girls, but I'm not sure he doesn't just want a beard. Raul Crusade has been called back to base because the Archangel is out of his grasp now. His ship isn't cool and can't go to the Earth's atmosphere and fight. So Atherin and Nickel are leaving the series for a while, which is sad. We're going to have so much Anthrax withdrawal. It's okay. We get lots of coffee in exchange. Do we also get Kyrangst? Uh, oh, yeah, there will be plenty more Kierangst. <laughs> we'll actually OD on Kierangst. Uh, no, because he's, well, that's a spoiler. He gets a girlfriend. Yeah. Well, or two. Well. <laughs> or three. <laughs> so then we have the, what do you call that? The eye catch? Hey there. Hope you're enjoying this week's episode. It's kind of a shorter one because even in the HD version, this clip episode is not super exciting. There's not actually a whole lot going on, although it's not bad as far as clip episodes go. I guess we also get Kira enjoying some well-deserved bed rest and coordinator fever. You know, that communicable disease you can get by being a person who coordinates things, like a conductor. They're really prone to coordinator fever. So, a quick announcement, in case you haven't heard in all of our other podcasts, all two of them, we now have a third of them, or a three of them, a third one, it's Jumpstart Weekly, where Jeremy and our sometimes guest Kevin get together and talk about manga. They'll read the weekly Shonen Jump, in addition to one themed manga of the week. For the first two months, we're going to be doing a Shonen from every decade, and then a Shoujo from every decade for the second month, starting with the 80s. The first episode focuses on Akira Tariyama's possibly most well-known work, Dragon Ball. It's a fair amount of fun, and I think it's worth listening to. Of course, I may be a little biased, but we're going to ignore that. I think that's pretty much all I have to say this week. We don't have a whole lot of new news or anything. But as usual, check us out on iTunes or something, or tweet at LTOV Gundam, and let us know what you think, or what you like, or if you have a pie preference. 
Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. Back to the episode. And we cut back to Kira waking up to his birdie annoying him and Flay seeming super happy to see him. Though I guess the last time he saw her, they were totally making out, so... Yeah, that's understandable reaction. I like how Flay's the one tending to him, although didn't she officially break up with Sai because she's like... No, that's later. Spoilers for like five minutes from now. Makes perfect sense that she'd be the one to tend to him since she doesn't actually have any job on the ship. That's true, and she enlisted too. Probably give her a job. So then we cut to the hangar and we see the two core fighters, which are Sky Graspers, and we learn from the mechanic that they're able to hold these striker packs to deliver them. Useful, I guess. They can also use the things. Yeah, that's much better. I like how yeah, Moo I, is bitching about his rays. We'll get to that in a second, but uh, yeah, you know, you can put a sword on a jet and that's going to be super helpful. Just the best. <laughs> yeah, but a massive, <laughs> the massive cannon. Earlier, like, Moo got promoted, promoted and he's talking to the mechanic, bitching about his raise. It's like, yeah, I like the money. When am I going to spend it? When do I ever get to go off ship while we're being chased by the enemy? We're all going to die here in the desert, obviously. But... I damn well better get back pay when we get uh, out of here. It depends on whether or not they run into Katra. True. Well, that would also be a spoiler. They <laughs> need the Maganac core. Well, isn't Kigali basically just Katra? I mean, she's way hotter. She doesn't play violin. No, she doesn't. She does not. She does not instruments. Oh, Moo, I didn't know you were interested in the impressiveness of Kira's body. <laughs> and well, yeah, this is all about how cool coordinators are. The doctor's like, coordinators are the best. And Moo's like, you know, coordinators are kind of the best. I was talking to the doctor. So he was checking on Kira and he really had some good points. <laughs> By the way, the, the acronym for Gundam in this is one of the stupidest things. And we get a close up of it as Moo asks the mechanic why Kira calls it Gundam. He's not going to be the first one. Well, and last one, I should say. We get a quick clip of the Gundam operating system booting up and they're like word word eh, whatever we don't care it's an excuse name we've talked about the acronym before general unified neurolink and so on dispersive automatic maneuver yeah general unilateral neurolink dispersive autonomic maneuver that doesn't mean anything <laughs> those are not 12 dollar words but like eight dollar words thrown in there because they can i'm pretty sure there are three other different gundam acronyms as this series goes on too for <laughs> like different they gundams. forgot what it was <laughs> no it's different gundams get different ones <laughs> but that all acronyms had to gundam by coincidence <laughs> so then we get a super awkward mess hall scene that starts with sai miri and tall talking about how kira's getting better and that's good and then Flay comes back and is like, yeah, Kira ate. He seems to be all right. Everything's cool. And Flay is oddly happy, especially since she's done nothing but bitch this entire trip. <laughs> all you've done Her, is bitch his, this entire road trip. His body really is made differently. <laughs> I mean, you can easily make it interpret it that way. But it is Flay just being racist again. Yeah. Reaffirming the theme of the episode. And so Sai tries to help his girlfriend, but she's all dismissive, which is, you know, bad news for him. And she reminds everybody that she doesn't have a job. So she's going to go take care of Kira. So clearly she's a nurse. Yeah, since the doctor is horrible. So Sai kind of goes after her and she uh, kind of freaks out. And Sai is like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, hey, we were only engaged because my father said so. And he's dead now. So screw you. My question really quick, though, is who is Sai that her father would arrange a marriage with him? They explained in the first episode that Sai, like, wrote a letter to her father, like, requesting her hand, basically. Oh, okay. Wow. Poor Sai. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you get when you're a teenager, I guess, but... Yeah, well, you should have been the main character, Sai. 
If only he had main character powers. He does have cool tinted glasses. It just occurred to me that he always wears orange tinted glasses everywhere. It's, they're his only glasses, I think. <laughs> he was wearing his sunglasses when the <laughs> colony attack happened and their prescription, so it's <laughs> his only option. They're the special anti-glare glasses. <laughs> Maybe they allow him to see computer screens in higher contrast. He's yeah. a programming student. Yeah, and also now he just looks at monitors. So then we get Flay going full Cersei Lannister on the way back where she's like just upset for a moment but it's like no everything worked out exactly how i expected it to what i enlisted and kira also enlisted even though that was pretty improbable and i might have just got myself murdered and then she's basically like i'm gonna use that boy up (laughs) also sounds sexier when you say it than when she does so then we get yet another scene added to the hd remaster which uh, introduces our villains for the arc including the best character in the series the costa is a sexy romba role no, the other one's Sexy Rumbarol. Yeah. Okay. Sexy Rumbarol and DaCosta. DaCosta is, the, I'm sure there's a TV trope for this. He's just important enough to have a name. There's but, a name. But he is literally my favorite character <laughs> in any fiction at that level of importance. <laughs> what does he do to earn that? Well, I suppose we'll see. But... Mo- mostly he's a Sexy Rumbarol's assistant. <laughs> he spends a lot of time catching coffee cups. And Sai pretty much just, you know, blows off the whole Flay dumping him thing. He did that pretty well, honestly. Well, you know, it's kind of a half dump now. He, he got unengaged. He didn't get dumped yet. I'm pretty sure he got dumped. He can be in denial still. Have you, were you never dumped as a teenager? There's lots of denial involved. Well, then we well. get a scene of Kiro naked in a shower. Well, yeah, you need that fan service. It's rare that fan service panders to the male indulging audience. Uh, Gundam is pretty... Uh, Universally cheesecake. Catering to both. Yeah, well, they I want... Think- all those sweet Gundam wing fangirls to come back after <laughs> Turna Gundam and Gundam X that had nothing for them. I think that was also the most random. No, there's definitely a random Athern shower scenes too. And there was that random Flay and Miri shower scene. Well, there was also one with uh, Rao. That was kind of odd. <laughs> yeah, but that one, like that one, there was no like lead up. It's just randomly showering now. So I want you to consider for a moment the highly un or improbable coincidence that so many different Gundam universes have some guy who feels like he needs to wear a mask all the time. <laughs> well, they saw the original series. They're like, oh, that guy's the coolest. <laughs> Harry Ord doesn't wear a mask. It's going to get really ridiculous come Gundam Seed Destiny. Are there like three Shars? No, that's Gundam 00, where one of the Shars is the split personality of one of the characters. That's actually kind of cool. The mechanic gives Flay the little like origami flower that the little girl from the spaceship made Kira to get it out of the cockpit. And she gives it to Kira and he is distressed and flashes back to Isaac murdering a bunch of civilians. And it looks like he's going to lose it. But I actually really like it. He like tries to play it off and he goes up and takes it. It's like, oh, thanks. This is uh, an important thing to me. But uh, he's terrible at hiding his emotions. He pretty much breaks down right after it. And Flay is like, ah, prime manipulating time. (laughs) I actually really like the way Flay's face is animated throughout this scene. Like whenever Kira is looking away, she just says this super devious grin. And then it goes to sympathetic whenever he's about to look at her. It's really good. Like, you told me that she went, like, super manipulative. I'm like, Flay, she's too stupid for that. Stupid people in Gundam Seed actually end up being the smartest people most of the time. So as Kira breaks down crying, uh, Flay decides it's time for more makeouts. I mean, look at how creepy she looks. She she does look quite creepy (laughs) in this entire scene. I don't want to spoil it, but there's this amazing shot in the next episode of Flay naked except her hair, and it's just covering her eyes and mouth and everything that makes her look human, and it is amazing. But this episode also has just some really good animation as, uh, you know, she was like, that's all right, Kira, you can cry on my shoulder. Everything's going to be great. Armor's better than thoughts. 
Yeah, I mean, it's great to have a girl to go back to when you're done, though. That is true. You already have some sweet armor. Hope is an effective armor. Meanwhile, Bertie's watching them make out and then, like, <laughs> flies off to go report to, like, Moo, I guess. <laughs> no, to Athern. He's like, it's okay. Your relationship with Blackus is okay. He found a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining it went back to Moo. He's like, guess what? Your coaching paid off. <laughs> the kid did it. Score! Okay, that would kind of be great. <laughs> Kira just, like, bro-fisting Moo in the way and, like, talking about conquests would be kind of great. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Completely out of character for him, but great. I could see Moo doing it, but not yeah, Kira. So it's out of character for Kira, not Moo. Moo seems gentlemanly to me. I could see him bro-fisting, though. Yes, yeah, that. So then we cut to Kigali and a bunch of people in desert cloaks looking at the Archangel through binoculars and being like, so yeah, I've only seen pictures of it, but there it is. And everyone's like, hmm, that seems important. Yeah, and the episode ends with the information that five Bakus are heading towards the ship and Kigali looks all determined. And then it's the end of the episode. I have no idea what a Baku is. It's a Zoid. Oh, okay, that's lame. It's a Baku. It's one of my least favorite mobile suits in the series. Yeah, say, so why are Zoids and I kind of like the Gundam? idea behind them, but they would make much better use as long-distance <laughs> heavy artillery platforms than what they actually try and use them for. Yeah, well, we'll talk about them plenty next episode, I'm sure. So that's the longest episode in the series. Really? The last episode has like an after-the-credits segment that actually makes it longer, but it's often treated as its own episode. But yeah, because they mash two together, that ends up being a little longer than an average episode. Okay, so it didn't actually end up running that much longer, I thought. But no, It's like a minute. Okay. So this is another one of those slow episodes, but like we've talked about before, sometimes those are the best episodes, especially after a giant action-packed one like last time. Honestly, it was a pretty good clip episode. It wasn't much clip, though, I guess. Well, they cut out most of the clip stuff. The other one, the episode 14, is almost all clips. Okay. I mean, really, it's just all row babbling about justice philosophy and jammer coordinator George Glenn. But <laughs> then translating into Atherin talking about the yeah. different mobile suits. And I don't think that they do the scene with Flay. Is that one actually in 15? I don't think it is. Flay comforting Kira with the flower. No, it's 15 in the normal one. 14 doesn't have like any shots of Kira. Okay, I wasn't sure. It's been a while. So yeah, like I said, pretty good episode, though. This is pretty much Flay's character for not the rest of the series, but pretty large majority. I think when people think of Flay, this is the character they think of. <laughs> it's certainly the one I think of. Yeah, I didn't give her enough credit because the first episode, she's like vapid airhead. Well, you know, she went through puberty in those first 10 episodes. <laughs> she is supposed to be like a year younger than them. So she's like 14. And that's way creepier when you think of it that way. So I'm going to edit that out <laughs> so yeah and kagali is back two episodes before kagali returns i mean clearly is she in the next episode too yes okay despite having returned although does she not return to the people on the archangel until the episode where i mean she we'll just have to see you next week when we watch episode 16 burning sandstorms burning sandstorm do we want to rank a mobile suit this episode there weren't really any no, in this one so do we have any on the list to rank uh we haven't ranked the launcher strike yet and its appearances are not going to be very many going forward but it does show up some more in I fact it shows it up next episode, next episode. <laughs> but i assume we'll want to talk more about the bakus next episode we're going to be with those for a while so you'll have to remind me which one's the launcher strike big ass big gun. gun oh i mean yeah big gun it's awesome it's like the big Zam, but not. No, no. It doesn't have a big laser. Do we want to rank it or should we wait? So I feel like we need to pad out this episode a little bit. So, so yes. <laughs> All right. 
So it's way better than Strike with Dumb Knives, right? Yes. I don't know. Those dumb knives. I do like those dumb knives. Yeah, they're actually kind of cool. But Firepower. I, I'm a big fan of the Jin sword, honestly, over the knives. I don't care for the Jin sword, but the high mobility Jin is somehow still the highest ranking <laughs> mobile suit on our list. Because so. it looks cool. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's pretty unanimous that we prefer giant gun to knives. I, I take the launcher strike over it. How do we think it compares to the ale strike? I Again, the ale strike just seems kind of lazy to me. The backpack is cool. But it's so just the Gundam. I like the launcher a bit more. The color scheme is cooler. It's actually very military. I like the launcher strike partly because of the military aspect and the. the what giant can I say? Cannon. I like guns. <laughs> the fact that it's got a massive cannon and the anti-aircraft machine gun on the other side. Even though that rarely gets used for anything. Yes, but it's still there. Uh, how do we think it compares to the other artillery Gundam, the Buster? I like it more. It is ambiguous. The one we're talking about, the Buster. Okay. Or not the launcher. Not the, the launcher striker, right? The Buster does have that cool thing where it has two guns, it combines into one gun and then shoots. But that I actually like it's kinda cool. I actually like the color scheme on the launcher strike way more, and that's pretty much why I like it more. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of this list is purely aesthetic anyway, so um I think I'm about ambivalent on those two. By virtue of it being the strike, I think I kind of prefer it. Okay, so how does it compare to the sword strike then, number two on the list? Oh man, giant swords or giant guns. One of them is way more impractical than the other. Never bring a sword to a gunfight. But it's a really cool sword. <laughs> it's a to... really big gun. <laughs> it's also a really big sword. Yes, but it's a really big gun. I can hit you with my big gun before you can get anywhere close yeah, with your yeah, big but sword. That, that dinky little shield that the sword strike has definitely blocks giant laser beams <laughs> at multiple times. I'm just saying, impractical? They're it's both impractical. Cool. Yeah, gun okay. beats sword. I'll take the artillery piece. I think the giant sword looks cooler, but I'm going to have to go with the giant lasers of doom because they also look pretty cool. Yeah, I always prefer Gundams with ranged weapons, ones that are just melee bug me. The Epion most of all. I don't even... Who designed... Praise Kushinata designed the Epion because he's like, <laughs> guns are for sissies. I'm going to make a Gundam with a giant sword and it's going to be the best. You want it, hero? He's like, yeah, Zach's trade you. And Zach's like, yeah, I don't have that one in my Gundam decks yet. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> Ween evolved into Wing Zero Custom. <laughs> so how do we think the Launcher Strike compares to the High Mobility Gin, the current top of the list? Favorably. Gun beats sword. The Gin does have a gun. It goes, Big gun beats small gun. So it's been a while since I've actually seen it, the high mobility gin. It's the bright orange one, right? No, it's the white one with the wings. Oh, okay. That right. Rao has. You like the big wings on it is why you liked it. Yeah, I do like wings, even though they're impractical. What purpose do they even serve? It's I've got jetpacks. Presume they're <laughs> easier to move than firing thrusters. It, they're thrusters that you can angle in space. That's probably why it's called high mobility, huh? Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't think I have strong feelings one way or the other on this. I mean, I don't like the launcher strike being the top of our list, but I like it being the top of our list more than I like the high mobility gin. <laughs> so I say it goes above. <laughs> and Zach has made his feelings on guns and his... Uh, when you can nearly miss your opponent and still take him out. No, just the arm. <laughs> only it removed take... him from the fight. When you accidentally destroy a colony. Good job, Kira. So that about does it for this episode. The Launcher Strike is now the top of our list. If you want to see our list, you can check it out at www.lasttimeonvideogames.com, which is also where you can check out our other podcast, Last Time on Video Games, where we play video games that have nothing to do with Gundam.
Except occasionally they might. I don't think we have yet. We haven't. Cybernator. That doesn't that's... actually have anything to do with Gundam. I mean, clearly it is inspired by. We'll play Endless Waltz as a bonus episode sometime. Okay. Or Endless Duel. No, we, we've definitely at some point got to play um, whatever the Gundam Seed one is. I can't remember the name of That's awful for play <laughs> PS2. Never Ending Destiny, maybe? It's something <laughs> wow. like that. Because oh. that's how you feel while watching Gundam Seed Destiny. It's never ending. No, it's not even a Gundam Seed Destiny game. It's just a Gundam Seed game. Oh, never Ending Tomorrow. That's what it's called. <laughs> Gundam Seed Never Ending Tomorrow. Uh, thanks for those subtitles, Japan. So if you want to email us, you can do that at Gundam at lasttimeonvideogames.com. We might even read your email out loud, or we might not. <laughs> it depends on how good it is. All right, yeah. Next week, like I said earlier, it will be Burning Sandstorms, which has more techno babble, more Flay being super creepy, more Kigali, and sexy Rumble Roll. What more could you want? I mean, this hits all the major points I asked for from the show, so I think I'm satisfied. No lack is Klein. Can I get a battle no master? either. But I'm okay with that. I get sexy Rambaral. Yes. And creepy Cersei. <laughs> sexy Rambaral is pretty cool. All right. So we'll see you next time. Bye. to blend it with 5% less Mocha Matari. It's first rate. We'll be withdrawing now. We've accomplished our main objective. This coffee. <laughs>